0: Hello there. did it, Laura.
1: What did you finally do?
0: I cooked a turducken roll and I didn't overcook it.
1: Oh, did you learn the secret? What was the secret?
0: Uh, okay. So I think what the problem is, is my meat thermometer might, may or may not be busted got or it. I'm just thermometer stupid because I got a turducken roll, uh, four years ago and the thermometer like never went up to the right heat temperature. So I kept it in the oven an extra hour and a half.
1: And- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well,
0: then I figured that, you know, I, I figured maybe it did defrost enough or something. And then I took it out and I was like, okay, fine. This has to be good enough. There's no other option here. And that thing was so dry. I'm saying, like, I could have put it in a vat of gravy and that would not have fixed it. No. It was so – it was – inedible
1: you can't come back from that
0: i know but this turducken roll like i got to the two and a half hour point and i was like oh fuck this thermometer still says it's wrong i think last time i stuck it too far deep this sounds so gross mm-hmm. but because you know turdeckens turkey and then duck and then chicken and then whatever the filling is and i think maybe last time i put it in the filling uh and the temperature wouldn't have been right because it wasn't in straight meat that's the hard thing is it's not straight meat there's bubbles and whatever. Anyway, I only kept it in for an extra, like, 25 minutes this time, and it came out good.
1: Yeah, we had a meat thermometer that also went bad, and we bought um, steaks to, like, test out cooking steaks in our kitchen, and... (laughs) fucking thermometer didn't work and so we fucking like roasted these fucking things i mean they were so (laughs) they were so overcooked like they were fine but it wasn't like i mean even by my standards it was it was too well done um so yeah we threw out the meat thermometer after that and we were just like i think we just gotta eyeball this you gotta learn that trick of like when you poke it there's, like, you can tell the doneness of a steak. But either way, we had to scrap the idea altogether because there's no, like, ventilation in my kitchen. Like, there's no hood. Uh, and yeah. so it was just, like, this, like, I swear to God, I can't believe I don't... I don't know how our smoke alarms didn't go off because it was so smoky in here. So I'm like, fuck you, meat thermometer. Like, what good are you? Yeah,
0: I mean, the whole reason I got it was for Turducken Attempt number one four years ago uh, from Walmart. And... It didn't work then, and I don't know why I expected it to work now, but I figured, <laughs> <laughs> I figured well, if the two and a half hours has passed, then I can just let it go a little bit longer, but not like an hour and a half longer, and it'll probably be fine.
1: Yeah, so the lessons we've learned in the last couple of years is that maybe cooking meat, we just, maybe we just don't, maybe we just order in, stick with that.
0: Either that, or you find someone who has a magical meat sense and can tell you when things are done, just... From the vibe it gives off,
1: the, gives off the, vibe. <laughs> the kind of energy it gives off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe you just shell out like mad dough on a fancy thermometer.
1: I feel like we could name this episode Meat Vibes because that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is, it is. You know what like else is it. maybe funny? I like to think it's funny.
1: I also like to think it's funny.
0: Oh, good. What is
1: it? Force to of Star Wars happy hour.
0: It's December 26th. Booyah haven't said that in a long time and you're listening to episode 51
1: my name is laura i'm alice
0: booyah god that's a good word that i forgot about
1: bring it back bring it back
0: i'm gonna bring it back don't worry just do it i'm gonna make it happen like fetch
1: it's 51 it's happening we had episode 50 last time it was super fun that was fucking wild i'm still like kind of riding high on it a little bit I know. I
0: just, like, laughed so hard my cheeks hurt. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Don't
1: worry. We'll keep this one nice and sad so your face doesn't hurt.
0: <laughs> womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Happy hour. What are we drinking?
1: All right. So last night we had um, a fancy surf and turf for dinner, for Christmas dinner. Rose and I ordered in. We were like, fuck this whole cooking thing. Um, and so we got our favorite wine that we normally take to steakhouses, because in Chicago you can BYO to steakhouses you usually have to pay a fee and so whenever we do that we always bring the same wine and it's called Justin Cabernet uh, Sauvignon and it's really really good it's like a 30 to 40 dollar bottle so way cheaper than what you'd pay for any bottle of wine usually at like a really nice steakhouse but it's still really fucking good so this is the one we usually take so we're like why not let's drink it drink it on our fancy Christmas night so that's what I got
0: any relation to the Temper Lakes? Of Justin?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Haha, no. Unfortunately, this one, Justin is owned by the same company that owns Fiji Water, so it is related to Fiji Water.
0: Oh, Fiji Water's delicious. It is. I just thought I'd bring back Old Faithful. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Got a Coors Light? You got a Coors Light.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did. A big Coors Light. I've been having a lot of wine lately, and I thought I'd mix it up.
1: Oh, my God. Yesterday, we drank... Like, I had so much alcohol yesterday I feel like I had more alcohol than I had water which is not good and is probably why I've had a day-long headache today
0: probably not. on a happier note housekeeping
1: housekeeping okay so it was announced <laughs> I thought <don't- laughs> I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I thought they announced the official day but maybe they didn't so I'm not gonna say it um, but as far I mean like I said who the- who the hell knows ever but the movie trivia schmodown announced a upcoming pay-per-view match. Uh, or pay-per-view event, which is going to have two matches that I know of, maybe more. Who knows? The undercard is going to be me versus Molly that I talked about in our last episode. Um, and then the, the main event is going to be our geekdom. So it'll be Chandru versus Mara Knopic. So that's, uh, that's what's coming up in early February. So, um, I mentioned this last time, but I am going to be reaching out to, cause I had a lot of people reach out to me about wanting to like help with trivia stuff, which is really exciting. <gasps> So yeah, I'll get in touch with people. I'm thinking of trying to set up Zoom events that are like maximum four or five people for each meeting and just doing a couple different ones with different people because I fucking can't stand being on like video things with more people than that with people talking over each other and stuff. So I'm trying to prevent that. So I'll be in touch with people soon and we'll try and get some stuff scheduled for like mid to late January. That's my plan.
0: Yay. I'll help coordinate. Yay. That's my job now, you know. Hell yeah. Project coordination.
1: Okay. Okay. Essentially. I'll take. So a, I can do that. I'll take advantage of your skills. That works. I
0: uh, Sounds good. Because we're a team. Yeah. Even though we're, you know, you're the one actually doing the work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I also am, like, technically don't, like, teamless right now because we're in, like, free agency slash upcoming draft slash I'm sad and teamless, but that's okay. I'll always no. have a team with Alice and I will always have a team with Corruption and that is how I plan to just live out my days. (laughs)
0: caravan of corrections slash additional info
1: yeah um alice had questioned is val kelmer in top gun i didn't know she didn't know nobody knows really but the internet knows turns out he was in top gun
0: thanks imdb
1: yeah there you go (laughs) also i think i i probably didn't misspeak i'm just stupid but i think i had said that the disney investor day call happened on uh like a wednesday but it was actually a thursday but that's small so yeah that's that's all we got nothing else popped up unless somebody emailed us or messaged us about something we forgot
0: no i think we're good cool. i mean these are pretty solid caravan of correctionings they yeah. weren't like that marathon i had where i just yaddle around for 10 minutes straight a few episodes <laughs> 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 all right on to the news which is mostly mando but let's talk about what's not mando first
1: sure yeah there's gonna be a lot of mando stuff in related to talk about but first let's start with this behind the scenes reel that was released um for the empire strikes back i love that they were just like hey you know that movie that came out in 1980 let's do the outtakes in blooper reel now let's do that now in 2020 and everyone was like yes for some reason. But Star Wars posted this on their official Twitter account. It's probably on their website, probably on YouTube too. But it's seven minutes of cut footage, outtakes, and then there's like audio commentary from cast and crew of the movie. Um, so it's it's a really fun little watch. There's a lot of footage of them like in Norway shooting the Hoth scenes and just the, the snow drifts in the snow walls I can't even imagine how they were able to do that apparently like Harrison Ford was a week late for filming because he was trying to get a train to the filming location and he couldn't because they kept getting canceled because of the snow um it was crazy to watch I did not envy any of the people that had to be on the set that for that
0: it was really cute a lot of cute Carrie Fisher it was funny watching them just like drive around in snowmobiles and uh you know like toting tauntauns yes
1: <laughs> it's really de- it's really delightful highly worth a watch um or highly recommend it's worth a watch we'll post the link to the the video that you can go find if you want to go watch it online if you somehow missed this because this came out like december 15th so it was like right around the time that we i think released our last episode
0: exactly around the time yes yeah good times <laughs> i'm pretty sure and the star wars show also talked a little bit about Empire.
1: Yeah, they had a whole uh, 30-minute episode for the Star Wars show. Just, like, the probably the first maybe five minutes or so was about The Empire Strikes Back, sort of talking about the 40th anniversary. Um, There was a little, like, audio commentary from current Star Wars filmmakers. So they had like Bryce Dallas Howard in there and Taika Waititi, just sort of like talking about the Empire Strikes Back and what the story meant to them. And then there was an interview with Dave Filoni talking about, you know, his transition into working with live action and directing in live action and bringing Ahsoka to live action, all that stuff, which was really interesting. If, you know, anybody who listens to the show is probably a huge fan of Dave Filoni. So definitely scroll ahead and, and sit and watch that because so much of it, of this like, episode was all about how the star wars show is like coming to an end and or not coming to they're going on hiatus i guess for a bit but it was a big like look back at all of the star wars show like history and clips and all that stuff so we'll post the link to that too
0: you know i never really watched the star wars show i just kind of I only ever watched it if you told me to or put it in the outline.
1: <laughs> well, it was like, for a while, it was weekly. And sometimes they would drop, like, news in those weekly shows. And then at some point, it switched to monthly. And now I'm just like, I don't even remember the last time they dropped it. Maybe they have been continuing to do it monthly. I feel like I haven't watched an episode in a year. But yeah, this one was interesting. I mean, I kind of felt bad. I'm just like, oh, are, like, Andy and Anthony, like, still working for Lucasfilm? Or like, no, I don't Maybe they're just going to take a
0: breather until the Bad Batch comes out.
1: Yeah, maybe. I kind of hope that the Bad Batch will do, like, an equivalent of Rebels Recon that they used to do with Mm -hmm. Star Wars Rebels where they released that, like, right after the episode aired. I always really enjoyed those. It was, like, fun insight into, like, the story and the actors got to talk a little bit about stuff and it was, I just, I enjoyed that. And I kind of had hoped that they would do one for the Clone Wars and I don't think that they really did if I recall, for Season 7.
0: Maybe they're just taking a breather because there's not going to be anything to talk about for a little bit except for The High Republic. (laughs) Shout out Del Rey!
1: Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, um, Avita Zane, The Star Wars Show, for now. We'll see you when we see you.
0: And speaking of The High Republic, so Claudia Gray, there's an excerpt uh, and an interview with her from Collider. And... I, I'm i going to take over and talk about Claudia Gray in this book real quick because I started it the other day.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: I did. So the excerpt, I didn't actually read the article because you put what the excerpt was. The excerpt's just the very, very beginning part of the book.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, it's a Padawan who's like almost to take the trials level with his Jedi Master. And his Jedi Master is going to be in charge of the uh, Starlight Beacon and we see a lot of her in or okay not we see a good amount of her in light of the jedi so when you read that you already know who she is and understand her a little bit and you know like where she goes with things to an extent but the book claudia gray made one of my new favorite characters okay
1: in this book in this book. Oh. Yes.
0: Um, and I'm going to tell you, it's not spoilery, but there's a character named Geode. Now, if you picture Groot from... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, from that. If you picture Groot, but human-sized and made out of stone with no face... um <laughs> What? There's a character named Geode who's the navigator on the ship the Jedi are taking to the Starlight Beacon. they were like, oh, yeah, he's really sassy. The people who are piloting and the Jedi are like, uh, what? They're like, yeah, you know, I mean, we can't really pronounce his full name very well. It's like kind of hard to understand because, you know, he doesn't have a mouth, but we just call him Geode and that's fine. And I was (laughs) like... (laughs) So the main padawan goes to the kitchen and he's like oh man he's like all frustrated and shit and he's like talking to himself like oh I just want to eat I'm so hungry Mom, I'm so mid. like I just want to read my books Mer. and then all of a sudden he just like jumps up and he's like wow what the fuck because Geode somehow is in the kitchen at the other end of the counter and he just shows up there and he's like did someone move him it's just kind of like a weird running <laughs> joke like how is this guy getting around the ship <laughs> Oh, my and God. Like, how can you say he has a sassy attitude? <laughs> how do you understand him?
1: What's he doing in the kitchen if he's trying to, like, the point of being in the kitchen is to get food. If he doesn't have a face or a, a mouth. I, I, I don't. Does he need exercise? I don't. I don't know. That's, is it like a pet rock that you put a leash on? He's like an <laughs> elf on the shelf where somebody just secretly moving him. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's so funny because when they talk about him, it's like, oh yeah, he's so funny. He's really sassy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: Like, it's a giant rock. Everyone's like, is this an inside joke that I'm like not in on or something? Like, <laughs> well, so no one can tell
0: because even the way she writes it, the Jedi are like, um, are they joking
1: or
0: do we play long is this real is it not if it's real we don't want to question it because he's the main navigator thingy but yeah um okay anyway i just like i burst out laughing when i was reading um because i just think that's the funniest idea for a character like a rock that just magically appears around (laughs) a ship
1: (laughs) i love it well i i did read this excerpt and i really liked it um and i gotta say like just this excerpt alone was like so much more intriguing to me than like the first five pages of Light of the Jedi, which I was reading. And I was just like, I do not care about what is happening in this book at all. But like right off the bat, I was like really interested in this like Togruta Jedi Master. Her name is Jora. She talks like you learn a little bit about like her, but more about Reith as a character as her Padawan. And both of them were already right, like right off the bat, like so it was really compelling to me. And I was just like, this is really nice to actually feel like this about a book because I haven't felt like this in a while about a Star Wars book. <laughs>
0: I'd vote that you would think of her differently after learning more about her in Light of the Jedi.
1: Yeah. So it's good to have that like context or whatever.
0: Yes. Yeah. But yeah, Claudia Gray, everything she does is great. Yes, it is. Bloodline, Lost Stars, Master Apprentice, Leia Princess of Alderaan. She is queen. Yeah, she's the best. Mm hmm. And there's also on the 4th of January a High Republic live stream on YouTube thingamadoodle.
1: Yeah, this sounds kind of cool, actually. So it's going to be the five main authors um, that are working on the High Republic. So it's Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott, and Charles Soule are going to be like. It sounds like it's going to be like a panel type of thing where they're going to talk about like the characters and the events that are taking place in the High Republic, and there's apparently going to be some like announcements about things to come. So that's exciting.
0: Yeah, because there are a lot of titles that they had mentioned. Well. There are a lot of not titles that they had mentioned. There are a lot of things they had mentioned coming and only said who was writing it and if it was adult or young adult, uh, but no title or information about it at all, just that this is in the works. So I'm hoping we get more then.
1: Cool. Yeah, no, this will be cool. It's going to be a live stream, January 4th, 9 a.m. Pacific time i guess i could like maybe take my lunch break early that day it's annoying to me that that's happening on a monday morning oh fuck but but people some people work can you do it on a weekend we work our
0: jobs and have emails and meetings i've got meetings all day long every single damn day couldn't they have done it like january 2nd
1: yeah i don't know that's a saturday right probably yeah
0: it's not a monday
1: yeah that's true gotta work backwards Um, but yeah, this, I mean, this live stream sounds interesting for those of you who are going to be able to watch it. We probably won't be able to watch it live. Normally, back when Alice was, the good old days when Alice was fun employed, we could have Alice live tweet these things, but <laughs> damn. look at my work schedule now. Alice actually. had to go back to work like a fucking adult. I
0: know. What a loser. Oh I can't believe myself. I can't even take it. Yeah. What have I become? I can maybe make 30 minutes.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. I'll
0: see if I can do that. Yeah, that's, that's we'll see. Something. Yeah, we'll see, but probably not. So here we go. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. I'm really excited for the High Republic, Laura. Light of the Jedi. So good.
1: Good. No, I'm glad that you liked it. I was surprised when I got the physical copy of the book how big it is, because I I kind of thought that like when I first got the ebook, I was like, oh, this won't take long to read through. But it's the 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 physical book is is fairly large.
0: I think the font must be big because it's only, per my Kindle, like a six and a half hour read.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's something. That's good. I'm uh, For that one, I might just have to wait until the audiobook comes out because I just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back to it and actually read it. I wish that they would, like, do advanced reader copies for audiobooks. I don't know if that's a thing or not. I don't think so. No, probably not. That's okay. Um, So that's all we got in the High Republic, right? I don't think there's any other news that we missed. Yep.
0: That's about it. I'm going to take my time with the Claudia Gray book because it's not released to the general public until early February, and I don't want to forget everything about it. That's right. Okay. But Light of the Jedi and A Test of Courage both come out January 5th, and they're both very good. And I recommend everyone read them.
1: Yay. That's good news. I'm glad that you liked them. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. All right. <laughs> so we've got... <laughs> so now we're going to sort of move into Mandalorian stuff. We're going to talk about some news stories that came out. We're going to talk about, like, the chapter 16, the season finale of season 2. From here on out, we're probably going to get into some spoiler territory. So if you haven't been keeping up with this season of of The Mandalorian use this as your warning this specific spot that we're going to be talking about spoilers so anyway um i wanted to talk about this article that uh starwars.com posted it was an interview with Ming-Na Wen about bringing the character fennec shan to life and how she's going to be making an appearance probably it sounds more like she's going to be a bigger character than just like an appearance um but in the bad batch in animated form so that's exciting
0: yeah, I loved this article. I thought it was so cute getting to know more about her upbringing and that her and Dave Filoni are from the same hometown and went to the same high school.
1: I know. Isn't that, like, so cute? What is, like, crazy coincidence? And I don't think that he knew. Like, when they hired her, they were, like, talking on set and he's like, wait, holy shit, what?
0: Yeah, that's what it sounded like. So I'm I'm really excited. I'm so happy for her. And I just, you know, I still think of her as Mulan a little bit. but that's so funny. She's badass as Fennec Shan, She's getting... She's a huge Star Wars fan, which makes it even more gratifying, and then she's going to be animated, she's doing live action, and now she's going to be in another show for The Book of Boba. That.
1: yeah yeah this is so exciting <laughs> i loved this i uh, this this interview was so cute because they they kind of revealed i think maybe in, in even in so many words that fennec shand was supposed to just be like a one-time appearance one-off character in season one they kind of made it sound like they had no one they didn't originally intend to bring her back in season two
0: this whole interview is really really an excellent read that i highly highly recommend yeah and it's really really cute i'm just i'm so happy for her i am and she looks amazing if i look half that awesome at her age i would just like be so stoked
1: 57 she's fucking 57 years old what the hell that that's not fair that's witchcraft or something that's she's a witch yeah she's a
0: witch burner Just joking
1: no she's fucking dope as hell let her live forever she can teach us the ways of
0: Uh, the ways of the face may the
1: face be with you (laughs) may the face be with you With and also with no wrinkles <laughs> all right so the other interview that came out and this came out right before our last episode but somehow i missed it um the new york times did an interview with Tamara morrison and this was a really interesting read too because it was all about like his return as boba fett but the article came out before we knew that book of boba fett existed so it was really interesting to see him like dance around the question of like do you think boba fett's gonna get his own series huh Uh, uh, And he had to just be like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoyed this article.
1: I thought this would be a fun read for you because there's a lot of like, reminiscing about the time of shooting Attack of the Clones in Sydney, Australia, which I was just like, ooh, Alice is going to enjoy this.
0: Uh, Yeah, I loved how he was like, oh, I was hoping they'd call me one day. I happened to be in town. They called me, and I showed up two hours early because I was so excited. (laughs) And they showed me concept art and da 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 And I was just like, yay. Yeah. This is great. I love it. And uh, and then I also liked his comment of Attack of the Clones, of course. Um, What do you remember about your time on the set of Attack of the Clones? He said... I just had so much fun. I think I might have been killing George because I'd be singing on set, playing around with weapons and wearing outfits. I think I had too much fun, but I thought, man, if I get another opportunity to do this, I'm going to really get into it and do the best job I can.
1: Oh, You have to imagine that like anybody who was like, a Star Wars fan as a kid, though, coming onto any Star Wars set, they must be like oh, what's that? Ooh, what's that? Oh my god, shiny. Like every moment is just like squirrel, like there's just something that they have to go check out. And I I can't even imagine how overwhelming that must be.
0: (laughs) I think I would probably just have like stupid grin face, like just totally blank out like, okay. You
1: would just be like, oh my god, I fucking totally blacked out. I don't even remember because your face hurt so bad the entire time you were just like, I can't unscrew my smile from my face it just won't stop and then you can't remember anything
0: and everything just went by so fast yeah you, know? you just black so, out a little bit exactly but yeah this is also just a super cute article and i love it and good for him yes i'm very excited for him
1: it's really cute uh so the last piece of mandalorian news i think that we have before we get into our discussion of the season two finale is that there are a couple of sources right now that are reporting that the Mandalorian season three. Release has been pushed back to 2022 um this hasn't been announced by disney in any kind of official capacity but disney's pr team sent out an email to like reviewers and journalists saying it was the like 2021 preview kit and so a lot of these like websites that are reporting that this release date's been pushed back are citing this as their source because the season three of Mandalorian was not on the 2021 slate. So that's the concern, I think, because the book of Boba Fett was on there. It was listed as December, 2021. The bad batch was on there. It just said 2021. It didn't say anything specific as to when. Um, But I don't know if I'm ready to read into that that closely yet. Like everything that we've been hearing up until this point has been that COVID isn't going to delay it at all. Like they're going to do, they're in pre-production right now of season three. Production on season three will begin after the book of Boba Fett finishes shooting. So they're not going to be doing concurrently. They're going to be doing them back to back. But there's an email in the email. There was also an untitled Disney live action, something that had zero detail. It didn't say which studio it was for. It didn't say if it was streaming or theatrical. It just said untitled Disney live action. And I almost wondered if maybe that was the holding spot. For the December, and that that release date was December seventeenth, twenty twenty one, which is a Friday. And I was like, well, if they're going to keep the Friday release dates for the Mandalorian season three, I feel like that could be plausible. That would be a release, but maybe not.
0: Yeah, I don't know, Ugh, dog. Um, I was kind of wondering if I keep wanting to just say Book of Boba and stuff, Book of Boba Fett.
1: Everyone, will I know am glad Plod- about. So it's all good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm glad that it is, like, a fun name, though, and not just Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was wondering if the Book of Boba Fett, if this would just be, like, a four-episode thing, and then the finale would somehow tie into Mandalorian.
1: Well, I kind of figured that, like, the the Book of... Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because they had said that, like, Ahsoka and... Rangers of the Republic would be taking place concurrently with Mando, but they didn't mention that Boba would they said same time period, but they didn't Yeah, they weren't they didn't get into specifics. So I think that's that's totally plausible. That could happen.
0: Yeah, like some weird crossover. Yeah. I don't know. But if that's kind of... yeah, I was I was shocked at how we got that announcement, which we, we'll we'll get into all of that in our official recap on TEP a section.
1: So I think that's all we have in terms of news, right? I didn't have anything else. Yeah. Nope. That's it. Cool. All right. So
0: let's get into recap on tap: The Mandalorian, Chapter Sixteen, The Rescue, AKA Season Two Finale.
1: Once more, this is a spoiler warning. So let's talk about the quick plot recap. You all watched it. It was about two weeks ago now. By the time that you're hearing it, so we'll just sort of uh, we'll review really quick. Um. We're on the Slave One. Boba, Fennec, Mando, they kidnap Dr. Pershing, uh, and they commandeer an Imperial shuttle, a Lambda shuttle. Nice to th- see the return of those. They're so sleek looking. Uh, we pick Love up it. Bo-Katan and Cosca Reeves um, in a bar, which is fun. Love that the Mandalorians just hang out in a bar and somehow Mando knows how to go find him there. Um, right? They bring him into their mission. They have a little verbal sparring session with Boba being like, you're not a real Mandalorian. And he's like, I never said I was. Do you like my imitation? It's pretty good, right? No, it's not. So good. Bo-Katan wants um, Moff Gideon, and she wants a darksaber, so she agrees to go with Din. She lays out the plan while they're on the shuttle, and then Dr. Pershing magically disappears from this episode entirely. He does not ever come back, and I don't know what happens to him.
0: That is in my notes. So these are all my episode notes on my phone, and- um, I write it several times, actually. You're
1: like, where is he?
0: Where the fuck is Pershing? <laughs> Pershing, where? Um, I also wait. Where's the other one? I just missed it. Um, legit, where is Pershing? <laughs> these, these are three different notes for the same episode. <laughs> what the
1: fuck happened? It's just ridiculous. It's like they're they're in hyperspace. With the like, Slave One following, so it's not like they transferred him from the Lambda shuttle to the Slave One. He's not with Boba. He's just on the Lambda shuttle. He must be tied up or something. So I'll be curious to see where where we pick up in season three. Um, but yeah, so the the ladies shoot their way onto the bridge. Dinjarin gets his ass kicked by a Dark Trooper, and then eventually he takes it down with a spear. And he sends his uh, he sends all of its buddies flying out of the airlock, which. Did you think, like, at that point, like, oh, they're gone. That's it. Or were you like, no, those, no. B- those bitches are coming back?
0: I knew they were coming back yeah. because it was such a big deal for them to, like, go, like, vroom, vroom, and, like, scoop down to catch the baby Yoda
1: yeah, on the rock. Yeah, exactly. So
0: I kind of figured. But, oh, man, those things are scary. They I really them. are.
1: They really and also, are. also,
0: it seems like Din uh he hides that spear really well yeah that could be a really good dirty joke maybe but it's i mean a spear is pretty large you think you would just notice it right off the bat but for some reason i can never tell he has it and then all of a sudden it magically appears
1: well i wonder if it's like sort of tucked into the cape somehow because it's like it's that long maybe i don't know i wondered about that too because yeah i was like he does sort of he hides it somewhere. I don't know. So yeah, so we've got the women shooting their way onto the bridge. They make it to the bridge, but then they get there and Gideon's not there. So Din actually confronts Gideon because he's hanging out with the child and uh, he's got the dark saber over the child and Gideon and Din duel and then Din wins and they take Grogu and uh, escort or Din and takes Grogu and escorts Gideon to the bridge uh, where then Bo-Katan tries to murder Din Djarin with her eyeballs with daggers because she is fucking pissed that he has the dark saber. It's awesome. Yeah. I enjoy the scene a lot. I enjoy her face. Every time I go back and watch this episode, I'm just like, her face is so fucking perfect. It's so good. Um, so yeah, Din, Djar- Din Djarin tries to give the saber to bo but she can't take it because the dark saber has a story and that's important, I guess. So the dark troopers return, um, before we can dig into this whole drama with the dark saber and then a lone X-Wing and a hooded and cloaked Jedi badass, uh, extraordinaire who remains hidden under his, uh, cloak and under his hood, uh, because as it turns out, it is Luke Skywalker and the Skywalker men are nothing if not dramatic, um, I know. Yeah, the,
0: I recognized him by his belt buckle.
1: I saw, I saw the Chanel boots and then I saw the belt buckle. I was like that's fucking Luke Skywalker. It's <laughs> if the X-wing wasn't enough to give it away. Like we all should have been like, oh, it's Luke. Got it. Um, but then yeah, at the end Dinjarin removes his helmet. He says goodbye to Grogu. Grogu goes to R2 when he sees him. He won't go to Luke, but the minute he sees R2, he he rolls right up to him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Luke picks him up and the elevator closes and they bail and cut back to Pedro, who uh, is representing all of us in that moment because he is crying and it is very, very sad. And yeah, cut to black, directed by Peyton Reed, written by Jon Favreau. And then we get a thing we have never gotten in any other Star War before, I don't think. Not even an animated, I don't think we've ever had a stinger scene, but we get a stinger scene.
0: Oh, that's what they're called?
1: Yeah. A mid-credits scene that takes place on Tatooine. Bib Fortuna is is on Jabba's throne. Fennec, Shand, and Boba Fett enter. They free a Twi'lek slave girl and they kill everyone else, they think. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Boba takes the seat on the throne. Fennec sits on the arm and has some sort of big blue drink, uh, which is dope as hell. And I want some. And then we get a title card, the Book of Boba... Or we get a uh, black screen. The Book of Boba Fett, coming December 2021. And that's it. You know
0: what Bib Fortuna says before he dies when he tries to have his guards go kill Boba? Did he say he McClunky? He
1: says <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Good times. Um, yeah. So I love this episode. Let me tell you some thoughts. Okay. I wrote them all on my phone. Okay. I just realized Anakin would also be 50 the same age as Grogu. So, had they met before?
1: That's really funny that you never realized that. I thought that we had talked about that, but I must have talked about it with someone else. Um, yeah, good question. Had they met before? Have R2 and Grogu met before? Yet mm-hmm. to be seen.
0: Yeah. Especially because R2, uh, now that our, our headcanon timeline of Padme got screwed up because we thought the her terms were four years, then, let's see, since I've so only been on Coruscant like two years... Like, we had originally thought she's really been on Coruscant six years. Therefore, R2 has been on Coruscant six years at the time of Attack of the Clones. So, Groku could know R2.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could have seen him around. Yep. Uh Yay,
0: Lady Squad. That was a note. Dark Trooper Scary AF.
1: That was a really <laughs> cool scene with the, the women, because we were, like, more than halfway through the scene before I realized, oh, that's four chicks in this scene. That's fucking cool. I was like, yes, Lady Squad.
0: Uh, in the beginning, when they were capturing Dr. Pershing, I thought it was really cool. The pilots had those, like, little asshole hats on, <laughs> and um, one of them looked at um Cara Dune and said, like, oh, you have the, like, I saw the tear or something, the tear of Alderaan, and I'm wondering if that's the official name of the tattoo.
1: Yeah, I wondered about that too. That was kind of a cool yeah. scene. Those dudes were funny. One of them flipped like a pancake immediately. He's like, I'm not with them. I'm not with them. I'll, I'll, what <laughs> if, whatever you want, I'll do it. Yeah,
0: and I really liked that it would maybe be called the Tear of Alderon because what's the uh, stripe on the lip of the Queens of Naboo?
1: Oh, it's, I didn't even know it had a name.
0: There's a name for it. Or maybe it's the two dots, like the little red markings. It's like a warrior... Ode is not the right word.
1: Tribute? Rever-
0: tribute, yeah, to, like, some war or something. But it's, um, yeah, the makeup markings of the red stripe on the lip and the two dots is something that's very specific to the Naboo. So I thought that was cool. And then I also really liked in that conversation when the... Uh, Imperial pilot was like, yeah, you guys murdered so many people on the Death Star, and you don't give a fuck. And I like that that was actually brought up, because that was something in Lost Stars that was kind of driven home to us. We got to know so many characters who were really good people, or seemed really good, but they, you know, they were at the Empire Academy, what else are they going to do? Yeah. And they were good friends of the main characters, and just by being assigned to the Death Star, they blew up and died. Yeah. So... I thought it was really good that that was brought up because I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Er, 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 er. The bar scene also loved when Bo Katan's like, I've heard your voice a thousand times, blah, 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 blah. And he calls her Princess. <laughs> like, sorry, Princess. It was very much a Han Solo Leo Organa thing.
1: It is, yeah. I like that scene a lot too, where Boba Fett and her are like having their little argument. And I sort of made this point when I was on Geek Buddies talking about this. And I was like, oh, she just thinks he's like a regular clone and then everybody in the chat of course was just like well he is a clone i'm like well i'm talking about clone you know what i mean like he's he's he's, he's not genetically modified no and he's not a clone trooper like he was undercover mm-hmm. as a clone trooper at one point but she just thinks that he's like a clone trooper like all the rest of them um so this was this was an interesting conversation for, to witness just because at no point were they ever like oh no he's not like what you know what never mind they just they just kind of rolled with it
0: <laughs> oh yeah cuz he's they are all genetically modified. He doesn't have a chip. He doesn't have any advanced aging. He doesn't have any, like, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Numbifiers. What? That's not a word. You know how the, they had the clone, the inhibitors. Oh, okay. Which is also the chips, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Numbifiers. Sure. Those. Made it up. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Fennec Shand, doing a matrix-like move to dodge a laser bolt. That was cool. I'm wondering if she has anything like special with her, or if she's just like very sly, like the Finnick Fox.
1: I uh did not notice this, so I'll have to go back and watch that episode again. To, I don't, I don't remember any Matrix mm-hmm. moves.
0: Yep. Uh, dun-dun-dun. spear fight, awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized in my second watching this morning that it's, it's cool how the spear was brought in thanks to Ahsoka. Yes. You know, he wouldn't have had it without her. And a lot of the episodes, filler's not the right word, but the pace of the show is such that some there are a lot of things that you maybe take for granted, or like, okay, cool, we don't need that again, but yeah. it was so important that he gave her, or that she gave him that spear.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I don't know why, I just, like, whatever. That just really crossed my mind. Um... Luke fighting that was cool I was surprised I didn't know who was walking down the hallway at first but I like that he crushed that very last dark trooper like
1: he did like a force body crush
0: yeah it's like when a frat boy in a movie like crushes a beer can before he slaps it on his forehead Uh but he did that with it and I just thought that was funny were you
1: waiting for Luke to like grab him and smash the dark trooper on his forehead
0: I think if he had magically gone force miniaturized, that would have been funny. Yeah. I would have enjoyed that. Oh, wouldn't that be a cool power? It's like, honey, I shrunk the kids in addition to <laughs> the force. Cr- it's like force
1: crush. Yeah. Zoop. Maybe that'll be like a special force power, like touching objects, and you'll be able to miniaturize. <laughs> honey, I shrunk the kids then.
0: It's going to be in Jedi Fallen Order 23. Exactly. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering where we're going to go from here. Here's a few of my thoughts. Next time we see the baby, will he be a regular size?
1: Good question. I have a feeling no, because I have a feeling... My thing with the baby is that, like, I feel like I've seen a lot of theories of people being like, oh, if they bring him back, it'll, like, make this moment not as special, this goodbye scene with the two of them, which I understand that sentiment, but they'll, they'll figure out how to do it right. Can you imagine this story not bringing that baby back at any point this thing that they have relied on for the last two seasons to not ever see it again
0: my baby got back
1: that checks out
0: little in the middle but she got much back yes
1: bring that baby yeah. back <laughs> i want my baby back <laughs> the uh Rubes. i just can't imagine them not bringing it. I, I i get it like i get it this was a really moving moment i fucking sobbed the three times i've watched this episode. At the end, I cannot help it. It's so, I love the scene with Pe- like, they look back at Pedro and he's got the tears in his eyes. I just, I literally cannot handle it. But I, I just can't imagine not revisiting the story with that baby at any point.
0: I wanna know what Den's gonna do now, and are we gonna see Mandalore, do you think?
1: I think we are. I think that's gonna be the next part of season three, is that there's gonna be mm. at least a few episode arc, if that's not the entire season three, of them trying to reclaim mandalore and we've got to resolve this thing with the dark saber first and i don't know exactly how that's gonna go but yeah
0: yeah i want to talk about that in a a minute but um the last thing i have is the mandalorian book that i want to say at one point was going to be out in january yeah but the mandalorian the original novel there's like a young adult novelization coming out this month or next month but The Mandalorian original novel is currently slated for November 2nd. So I'm wondering if that's going to be kind of like a bridge between seasons two and three where you don't need to read it, you know, but it would be nice to read it and will probably give us a big heads up of what season three is going to be. But I feel like it's super pushed back.
1: It was supposed to come out, I think... Wasn't it, like, months ago? I, like, I want to say it was December of this year, so, like, right now it was supposed to come out, but part of me thinks that it was supposed to be earlier than that, like, closer to celebration, and... Now I, now I don't remember, but... I
0: remember fall, winter, thinking it was going to be... I remember thinking specifically December-ish of this year, but it's pushed all the way back to November 21.
1: Yeah. So they pushed it back like a year. But you have to mm-hmm. think that, like, they were writing that... What was happening in the story and where were they in the storytelling when they decided to write that novel? It's I feel like it had to have been really early on, which makes me think that it's almost, like, not going to include Grogu at all. It's just going to have... It's gonna be some random original Din Jarn story that could take place at any point in the timeline. It may not even be taking place concurrently with the show.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm kind of thinking it'll be like an Easter egg bridge, essentially. Yeah. What happens between seasons two and three. Not needed, but super fun for the hyper nerds to like dig into.
1: Yeah. Maybe a little bit about like what happened to Mandalore in the siege or whatever. Yeah,
0: like some flashbacks or something.
1: Yeah. Like, what, yeah, how did fucking, them. how did Gideon get the fucking Darksaber in the first place? Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yes. Maybe something Just like, like a whole that. a bunch of stories. All
1: right, what else you got?
0: I wanted to talk about the Mandalore handing over of the Darksaber dealio. Okay. What do you think?
1: Having seen a lot of arguments and read a lot of arguments about this, I think I finally kind of found one that makes the most sense to me, which is that... Bo-Katan feels compelled to win the Darksaber back by combat because that's how she lost it. And if she if she lost it in some way to Gideon specifically because she was defeated in combat, she would feel more compelled to win it back that way. Whereas with Sabine, Sabine just found the Darksaber when they were on whatever the fucking Sith planet was in Rebels. She didn't beat anybody for it. She just picked it up and found it, you know? So it's like, she didn't... So it wasn't really, like, breaking any kind of rule or, you know, going against the, the quote-unquote, the story, which is the power of the Darksaber, to give it, to just hand it over to Bo-Katan. Because she didn't have to win it from anyone.
0: That's true. I mean, wasn't... It was on Dathomir, right? Like, in that creepy shrine that Maul had made?
1: Maybe. I don't remember.
0: Okay. Maybe not. Um... But, yeah, yeah, okay. I think that'll be one of those little, like, I haven't really gone down the wormhole of the whole, like, oh, you have to fight for it, or, um, and I think she could just be, like, a lot of it's just, like, spite towards Gideon in general, but I hadn't really put a lot of thought on argument, but I've seen a lot of people post, like, screenshots of, well, why is this okay, and why isn't that, and da 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 um, so I was wondering what your thoughts are. I, I'm fine not having the answer to it.
1: Hmm? Well, how do you, I mean, like, how do you think it's going to do you think she's just going to be like, all right, fine. I won't or I won't take it. I'll just I'll just or I won't fight you. I'll just take it. And you can just go along your merry way. I don't know.
0: I'm wondering how they're going to get to wherever they're going. Or are they going to take Moff Gideon's ship where they're going and they have a lot of time to chit chat?
1: Yeah, because they've got Moff Gideon held hostage now. They've got Dr. Pershing probably tied up in the Lambda shuttle, which is parked inside the cruiser. I think they're just going to... I think they're going to need a bigger army. So I feel like they're going to maybe go looking for other... for more Mandalorians, maybe. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's where we'll potentially come across Sabine Wren or something like that. But we'll find other Mandalorians and then maybe they'll try to get back to Mandalore. And I guess maybe at some point they're going to drop off Gideon at... With the New Republic. Navarro. Yeah, <laughs> the drop him off with the New Republic or something. But, like, I also feel like there's there's got to be more to Gideon because he just kind of went down like a bitch. Like, he, he, we saw one duel with him, and I kind of get the feeling, like, oh, maybe he's going to get a hold of the blaster again, and I don't know. Like, take, then maybe Bo-Katan will have another chance to try and take him out and when the darks but then i guess she doesn't need to fight him she needs to fight Din. so i don't i don't fucking know it doesn't matter but i do think that there was one moment in the Mandalor in the mandalorian season finale where bo katan got shot somebody i think like Gideon or somebody Several fired times. at her and she went mm-hmm. down and i thought like oh fuck i literally wrote in my notes if i have to fucking watch bo katan die in this episode and not watch cara dune die i'm going to be so fucking mad and then it, but then like in the next scene, she's she was standing and she was fine. So I'm like, mm-hmm. it, are we gonna maybe find out that she actually did take a hit and is maybe injured? And I I don't I don't know that it was just this weird moment that I'm just like, why did you have her go down so hard like that? And then she just popped back up and she was fine. <laughs> like, are you gonna resolve that, or are you just gonna? That's just how it went. Okay, that's fine, I guess.
0: I thought about that too. I think he was just so smug that he thought for sure nothing could stop the dark troopers and that he was going to be rescued and then like do whatever the fuck he wanted again um so he wasn't like stressing about it at all and that's why he was so kind of like lame but i still have faith that we're going to get some interesting story from him and then he's going to weasel his way out of something
1: yeah i just would like to know the backstory of how he came mm-hmm. to own the darksaber saber. But yeah, we need to resolve, we need to resolve that. We need to resolve the Darksaber and who's going to keep it. Or is Din Djarin the fucking ruler of Mandalore now? <laughs> um, Dr. Pershing was sort of left unresolved. If he's not working for Gideon and he's not working for a cloning facility, what is he doing? Like, what purpose is he going to serve in the story? So we need to figure out what's going on with him. Bo-Katan wants to reclaim Mandalore. Boba Fett thought that Mandalore was like totally gone, so now he's gonna just go hang out on Tatooine, I guess. Yeah,
0: didn't wasn't it, he said something about turned Mandalore into a planet of glass?
1: Yeah, I don't know what that was about. I'm like, is that like a like a metaphor where like there was a lot of sand, and so they blew it up, and sand turns into glass? I don't know. I I have no idea. Or, or ice? Because
0: isn't Sabine's area, or is that the moon? She
1: was on a she was on a moon. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Maybe just maybe just a word for it being so fragile.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. I, I wasn't sure what that was about. Maybe that's what we're going to find out.
0: I don't know. I'd also love to fucking see Camino. Give me Camino.
1: Right? Kind of thought that we were going to maybe end up there at some point. But I feel like that was one of the things that Jon Favreau said early on was that part of the show was going to be showing the origins of the First Order. The assumption is that they're working on cloning Palpatine, and they've ended up with a bunch of Snokes and those t- tanks on Navarro. <laughs> and... So if we have to pick that story back up at some point because this whole thing of the creation of the First Order hasn't really played out yet. So the assumption is that that's Mm going to play out further in subsequent seasons. And then what is Din Djarin without this mission and without being a bounty hunter and without this baby? Who is he without all of that? You know? Yeah, I don't know. This whole thing of him learning his lesson about the helmet doesn't need to be on all the time and he's, you know, breaking his rules for the for the kid. Like is it gonna continue to be that way where he's just gonna constantly have the helmet on? Is he gonna be in mourning for a little bit, you know?
0: Yeah, and who knows what kind of time jump we could have exactly between the seasons too. Yeah. Because that's why that's why I was thinking maybe the book is so pushed back because it's a weird bridge that's so not necessary. But like people who, you know, like books or get, like, super deep down into the weeds, uh, maybe that will give us a clue of where season three is going. Or maybe it's all just random backstories. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'll am i be happy with whatever we get. I'm excited about it. But I, I just, I have no idea what to expect.
1: Can we talk about Luke Skywalker? Because I want to hear how you sort of felt about this appearance. About the big picture of Luke Skywalker appearing in this show.
0: Uh, I was... Not expecting it. I can't believe they kept it under wraps for like a year. Right. Um, and, you know, it makes sense. It, it just, it makes sense. And it makes more sense for a general audience for it to be Luke than Ahsoka or Ezra. Or Cal. Yeah. And I I was fine with it because I, I think it worked. It makes sense. The CGI stuff doesn't bother me. Um, I, I'm like... My brain maybe doesn't process things fast enough or anything, but I thought it looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it either. In fact, I thought that – I I would not have guessed that they actually used full-on Mark Hamill plus de-aging technology. Like, that was – I was not – I would not have guessed that. I thought it was a double. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. a double with the motion capture things on their faces, and they were doing sort of the same thing that they did with Tarkin.
0: Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, I was happy with it. I mean – do I, like, care super much about Luke Skywalker in general? No. Was I like, oh, yeah, I hope to see Luke Skywalker. Uh, No. But was I happy with it? Yeah, because it worked and it made sense and it was cool to see. And I liked seeing him be a badass and, like, frat boy beer can crushing those Dark Troopers.
1: Yeah. I also thought that it made sense for the story. And I was happy that it wasn't someone like Cal Kestis because as someone who's, like, very much in the know about Star Wars canon and extend extended storytelling i don't know shit about cal kestis and i was going to be really fucking annoyed if i had to like get myself up to date manually about who the fuck cal kestis is because he Mm -hmm. was going to show up in the mandalorian so i'm happy that they didn't go that route i'm happy that it was a very a much more universally appealing choice of bringing in Luke Skywalker, but I did find I, I've heard, I know a lot of people weren't happy about this decision. I know a lot of people wanted mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker to stay out of the story and wanted the Mandalorian to stay its own contained story. Um, I also understand the, um, the argument that bringing a Luke in is going to do the same thing that it did to the sequel trilogy, which is upstage all of the new characters that we're supposed to be getting to know and that the story is really supposed to be about. And I found this quote from a QA and a that happened after The Force Awakens came out, and it was by Michael Arndt, who wrote the first draft of The Force Awakens script. And he said, the trouble was a simple case of upstaging, talking about The Force Awakens and bringing in Luke. It just felt like every time Luke came in and entered the movie, he just took it over. Suddenly you didn't care about your main character anymore because, oh, fuck, Luke Skywalker is here. I want to see what he's going to do. However, I don't think that this applies here at all. To me, Luke is
0: just a cameo. I mean, I don't think if we see him again, it'll be handing back the baby. It's not he's not gonna have a plot around him.
1: Well no, and like with the with The Force Awakens, we didn't know any of those characters yet, you know? You had to keep Luke out of the story because you had to take the time to actually get to know all of the new characters in the sequel trilogy. It was supposed to be their story. So yeah, bringing in Luke would have upstaged them. But we've had 16 episodes with the Mandalorian. We know who he is as a character. We care about him and we care about Grogu. And I, <laughs> this is just my opinion, but I don't think that there is a creature on God's green earth or in the Star Wars universe that can upstage Grogu. I just, I just don't. There's nothing that can upstage him. He's the biggest thing. I agree.
0: So, yeah. But, I mean, The Force Awakens, yeah, there wasn't Luke until, like, the last few seconds. But there was Han Solo and Princess Leia.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just don't... I, I get this argument. I understand where people are coming from. I totally hear it. I just...
0: I don't think it applies I, here, I, I personally
1: don't think it applies either. Um, yeah.
0: It's a cameo. It's something that makes sense. And the whole point is, I, I really like the line of, he needs a teacher because he won't be safe until he can defend himself. Yeah. Which is true. The baby, I mean, he's, he can do nasty force things, you know, but he doesn't, his power doesn't last very long. He does need to learn how to protect himself. So someone has to teach him. And there's only one Jedi master that we are aware of. Yeah. Who exists in the galaxy at this time, and that's Luke. So, yeah. To me, he was, he was a fun cameo. He wasn't by no means does anything feel to me like he's going to be a main person or someone we're going to care about relating to the show. He's just someone who show up, who show up. He's someone who showed up.
1: Yeah. Talent without training is nothing is what he told him. I liked, I liked that part too. Yeah. That was nice. And it's been really cool to see all the people who have, um, who've made the sort of, you can see him side by side of Luke in the hallway and Vader in the hallway and Rogue One and how similar it is.
0: Yeah. It's fucking cool. I love those.
1: Yeah. And we had, so we had Max Lloyd-Jones as the actor who was the double for Luke. And then Matt Ruggetti was the stunt double for Luke. So we had two different people being doubles in this. But then I guess when we actually saw his face, it was Mark Hamill because he got a credit in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's just weird to me though. Can I just like, this annoyed me because Mark Hamill provided the voice of Luke in Forces of Destiny or something. We saw some episodes of him in that, or maybe it was the, in a galaxy, whatever the hell the little things are, the little vignettes that are made for kids. And we see a young Luke Skywalker in those, voiced by Mark Hamill, who made zero attempt to make himself sound like a young Mark Hamill. He just sounds like old Mark Hamill, but the animated character you're seeing on screen is young luke skywalker which makes zero sense but then all of a sudden in the mandalorian now he can do a young luke skywalker voice just out of nowhere i guess movie magic i guess i'd still i'm just like that's just you couldn't have put that effort into the forces of destiny that was just as important storytelling for me
0: be magic maybe
1: yeah i don't know it's just weird to me um but yeah this was this was interesting to see luke i kind of I didn't mind it. I was surprised how much I liked it. I get why people didn't like it, but I was surprised how much I liked it, given... and I, I feel like I am i kind of feel the same way about you, because I feel like you said that, you know, you didn't like how much the sequel trilogy included some of the original trilogy. I kind of expected you to be like, I didn't need this. Nah. Well,
0: no. The thing is, it was done differently. Yeah. It wasn't leaning on them as a crutch. Yes. That's true. The whole thing was leaning on them as a crutch to draw in the audiences. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is, he just happens to show up and it's like, okay. Whereas the sequel trilogy to me felt like they used the OT people to bring, like they used them as bait, essentially, to bring in audience.
1: Yeah. No, that's a good point.
0: And this is just like, oh, yeah, he showed up. Why? Because it's the right point the timeline and it makes sense and he's the only Jedi master and the baby spent like a whole episode meditating on a rock to try and reach out to another Jedi so
1: yeah it's like <laughs> who know. did you think was going to show up
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean a magical new Jedi sure I don't know but why not have Luke just like he's a fun cameo give it yeah I, 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 I loved it yeah I loved this episode I was very happy with it I'm sad that We have at least a year to wait until the next one.
1: Yeah. I'm sad about the possibility of baby Grogu not being in as many or even being in any episodes next season. And I know the reason I'm sad about that is because this is the first Star Wars that I've been able to actually enjoy with Rose, who is not a Star Wars fan and has only seen a few Star Wars movies. And she watches this show for that baby because he's cute as fuck. And she only cares yeah. about his story. She doesn't care about anything. Even like if we were watching like the finale and she was just like, I'm sorry. I blacked out during that fight scene. What just happened? How did he get that that sword thing? And but it's like it's it's I enjoy that. And it's thrilling for me to be able to have a a Star War that I can share with her. And now I don't. And that makes me sad.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't even speculate on how season three is going to go, where it's going to start up, if there's going to be a time jump there could be one episode that's like here's what's happened and then then there could be a five-year time jump for all we know you know like yeah i i can't even speculate to worry myself about it and i'm just gonna wait and see what they give us but i i was pleased and um yeah and i was glad i stayed for the credits because i was looking for that fucking concept art that never happened and i was like how is there no concept art and there's fucking six minutes of credits left did you
1: do the thing where you scrolled ahead to see if there was concept art at the end that's what i did i was like wait what the fuck like and i that i had to yeah that was that was thrilling did you also do the thing where you stopped and looked at the credits to see who played luke
0: no i didn't i didn't bother with that at all because i was like okay whatever
1: see i did and bib fortuna was in the credits and i was like where the fuck was bib fortuna in this episode and i was like oh maybe he was in the bar like maybe he was in the bar like in the background when they went and picked up bo katan and then I was just like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I'll go back and look at it later. Um, and then, yeah, when that scene happened, then I was like, oh, got it.
0: <laughs> that was great. And that's all I have to say about the finale. Do you have anything? I don't think I have anything else to say about the book of Boba. Other than I'm glad they gave the TV show like an actual title <laughs> instead of just Boba Fett.
1: Yeah, yeah. They decided to not go the lazy route this time around, which is refreshing, I think. Um, I'm excited that Robert Rodriguez is going to be joining uh, the executive producing team with John Favreau and Dave Filoni. There was uh, this Good Morning America interview with John Favreau, where he talked a little bit about sort of the schedule and where they are with things. But I also want to talk about the Disney Gallery episode of making of season two. Um, did, was there anything else that jumped out about you with this, this GMA Interview with Jon Favreau?
0: Nope. Tell me about this Disney Gallery thing that came out on Christmas. Yes. Yesterday. It,
1: yeah. It came out Christmas Day. And it's weird because they did. So the the season one of Disney Gallery from The Mandalorian was eight episodes that were anywhere from like four, 20 to 40 minutes long. This was just I think this is just a one off special. I don't think they're doing another one. But this is just a one off 65 minute special. That's a behind the scenes look at season two. And it's really really fucking good and i love behind the scenes shit so this is this was really fun for me but they sort of go episode by episode by episode they talk to the different cast and crew and directors um for each episode so yeah some highlights i wanted to go over because there were i'm not going to talk about the whole thing because it was very long i took a lot of notes but i i I just want to talk about some highlights um they talked a lot about how they made the volume so like their big sound stage where they're actually filming all this stuff They made it bigger for season two and they made it so that you can shoot like lower light scenes in it, which was kind of cool. I just love the idea that they actually were able to expand on that because it was fucking cool already as it was.
0: Yeah, you know, that was one thing in the uh, Ming-Na Wen interview that I didn't realize there was an actual word for their little thing, their magical stage thing. It's called the stagecraft.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking cool. They refer to it as the volume, but I think Stagecraft might be the name of the company that made it. So they sort of use them interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Um but there's in this like behind the scenes special, they're, you know, they're hanging out on sets a lot. That's a lot of what this footage is. And there is a ton of footage of Pedro hanging out on various sets in costume so like I kind of thought that like oh he just kind of comes in and does the voice and it's mostly the two stunt actors that we're seeing in all of these episodes he was on set a lot for this this season interesting yeah despite the fact that we didn't see his face and I found that really refreshing I really liked that and then the Ahsoka lightsabers there was a whole little section on that and they talked about how they, um, the people who build the lightsabers and the props were trying to put more and more tech into them. And so the actual hilts themselves just kept getting bigger and bigger. And they got to the point where they were too big. And finally, Dave Filoni had to like, just put his foot down and just be like, whatever you need to do remotely to make the sabers work, do it because they cannot this is what the sabers need to look like. And he holds them up. And he's like, they cannot be bigger than this. And so he like, I I love that he just like took a stand on that and didn't let them make them fucking huge to the point where like they looked not correct you know that's great i love that yeah i like that they put some effort into that they also showed um rosario getting the face paint put on and they basically <gasps> have a stunt they have a uh, stencil that they put over her face and then they just spray the white spray on her face <laughs> and it, i was just like i don't know why this is so fucking cool to me it just is it looked great That's awesome. Yeah, A couple other things. Robert Rodriguez, who directed the Boba Fett episode of this season, he filmed the Boba Fett entrance with his son in his backyard in terms of, like, how sort of setting up, like, the, um, like a sort of concept of how he wanted it to look. So he had a Boba Fett helmet on. His son had a Stormtrooper helmet on. And he basically filmed it to show, like, this is how I want the general... entrance of boba in the armor to go and so they had him standing behind his son and they sort of showed the way that they filmed it and it's funny because then they're using like action figures to sort of show what else is going on in the scene it's so <laughs> fucking delightful and it just makes me really happy that he's coming on as an executive producer of this show because he clearly has a very deep love and enthusiasm for this universe and for this character. So I think they're going to do it. They're going to do it really well.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. I love it.
1: It's really cute. I'll have to send you a clip because I saw that Deadline posted a clip of it on Twitter right before we started uh, shooting here. Um, The Jabba's Palace scene. I just wanted to highlight this. This is the last highlight I have. Uh, They recreated that set. They did not use the volume to film the the Jabba's Palace. They completely recreated it like... (gasps) Wall for wall, crack for crack, everything is like accurate to what it used to be. But they sort of modified like the throne to be like, well, what would Bib Fortuna do? Like, where would he want to sit if he was like the leader of this? So they did add that. But everything else about the interior of Jabba's Palace was like shot for shot exactly the same.
0: Umre, oh that's amazing. I love that. Oh, thank you for regaling me with these tales.
1: Yeah, it's a really fun watch. It's like it's like I said, it's sixty-five minutes of your time, but it's worth a watch because this is there's some really fun stuff. I've got other stuff in my notes I didn't even go over, but it's it's worth a watch for sure
0: yay okay
1: good to know yeah all right any other thoughts on mando boba no that's Finnick, all i got did you want to talk about the light of the jedi at all or Do we do want to get into any more details any more thoughts or anything uh let's we'll save higher public for next one because
0: it will actually be out okay by next episode okay so okay yeah. great should we take a drink break then and let's then get into emails and stuff
1: yeah let's take a break
0: We're back, listener emails and whatnot. So Gmail hates Australia for some reason, and our <laughs> dear friend Andy, who sent us the delicious toffees and wine, um, sent us an email that we found and we're going to read it today. Subject line, you old as fuck.
1: This was supposed to be for our fiftieth episode, so bear with us. We are going back in time for just a moment. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it?
0: Because it's very important. Um i'll go ahead and read this one okay. i think okay. i can do it okay I'm i believe you i'm not too toasted i believe in you i got this i got this thank you Whew, here we go should i try reading in an accent just joking no nope, not gonna happen <laughs> uh <laughs> my dearest ladies of toasted force <laughs> i love that i hope this letter finds you in good health and in the celebratory mood for making it to episode 50 yay I'm so glad this little podcast that everyone thought was about Toast has stuck around and will continue <laughs> to do so. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh, we can't celebrate 50 episodes without talking about how far you've come, Laura's success in Schmodown. Coming in has an unknown and is now a fan favorite. Ooh, and you got favorite fancy with a U in it. Uh, It was so fun to watch. I noticed they're currently looking for more women and Star Wars players to compete, so I think it might be Alice's time to jump in.
1: I ask her. Christian asks every year. I ask Alice every year, and she's still like, no.
0: I say only if it's a team effort because then I'd have motivation to not disappoint you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's true, though. Ah, uh, you'd be so pissed at me um <laughs> no I mean seriously how if I like blew off studying and we were on a team and there was something you had written in a note and I missed it
1: yeah but I feel like every question that's been, that I've missed has been something that you knew and that you would know if they had asked like that fucking Anakin question of is he nine or ten like if we had if I had had you sitting next to me, you would have reasoned with me and been like, He's fucking nine, you dumb whore, put nine down. Why did you erase it? Put it back.
0: I questioned it. I questioned what it was, that one question. I was like, Oh my god, wait, what is it? I should know this. Right? This is like a timeline question. That's what and I said. <laughs> I was yeah, I was questioning myself hardcore and I was shocked that I was uh, but hey, you know. Okay. Anyway. Back to the email. I can't even start on how much your show has meant to me, going from this funny little show I'd listen to to meeting both of you at that tiny, super crowded bar celebration, then how you let this weird loner hang out with you for a lot of the convention. It honestly still blows my mind. Since then, the two of you have become my favorite people in the world, and the friendship Aww. I have with each of you is one of my most precious. Mm,
1: that's so sweet. <laughs>
0: So yeah, congrats on the fifty and I can't wait for the next fifty. You've officially made Tuesday as my favorite day of the week. Eternally DTFT Andy. Oh. PS. I don't know if you're taking a request for Mariah Carey singing, but I will just say that fantasy is my favorite song of hers. Oh yeah, trips. Um yeah, I think we're done singing. <laughs>
1: I refuse to sing anything additional. I have not actually. Su- I didn't actually sing. I guess so. I refuse to sing.
0: Yeah. If we get another request, like I think I've ha- I've half sung songs for like when people ask what music someone would be listening to for Alphabet Squadron or something. I've kind of had to sing along or karaoke songs. <laughs> I've half. I've had. Remember sung- when we
1: played Bjork on this show? <laughs> Good times. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like a year and a half ago.
1: <laughs> oh fuck! I was like so like, convinced. The w- great. Yeah, I was like so convinced we were gonna get in trouble for that, and no one's come after us yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. But I'll I'll sing if people ask me about songs, or if I need to think about a song.
1: I won't. So Alice will sing for you.
0: <laughs> That's because I know my voice isn't good. So I'm just gonna let it. I'm just gonna let it fly free. Yeah, let your, fly, let your let your flag fly. Freak flag. Yeah, that. Yeah. Uh. So yes. Thank you, Andy. We appreciate it.
1: Yes, that was a very nice email. I'm so sorry that Gmail like fucking screwed all of us and sent it to spam and we didn't see it. So I'm glad that we finally that we got around to it.
0: Yes, me too. Yeah. And we have a lot of trivia.
1: Yeah, so Andy sent us trivia. So let's dive into that. Now, the the stuff that's labeled Laura, am I, you're supposed to ask me, right? And then I'm supposed to ask you for Alice. Yeah, I think that's it.
0: Yeah, which ones look easier? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the first ones, the ones for Laura, are the ones I ask you. Okay, Okay. cool. Are you
1: ready? I am ready. Let's do it.
0: This white font is so genius. Damn it. All right, here we go. From episode one, The Phantom Menace. (laughs) What is the designation of the protocol droid that greets Obi Wan and Qui Gon? It is TC14. Boom. Who says the line, I've got a bad feeling about this, an attack of the clones?
1: Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the arena. No, Anakin in the arena. Anakin in the arena.
0: Anakin, yes. yes. Good job. What sort of droids are covering Grievous' flagship and Revenge of the Sith?
1: Vulture droids.
0: Boom. Uh, a New Hope. Who was the first rebel pilot to get shot down during the Battle of Yavin?
1: Say, read it one more time.
0: Who was the first rebel pilot to get shot down during the Battle of Yavin?
1: That's a really good question. Um, is it Porkins? Red 6? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Porkins Red 6. All right.
0: Um, so this one from Empire, I fucking love. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. What nickname does Han give C-3PO while they are trying to escape Hoth? And Andy actually spelled it correctly.
1: H-O-E-T-H. <laughs> Much appreciated. Uh, he calls him the professor, right? No? What's the question?
0: Goldenrod.
1: Oh, when they're trying to leave. Okay. He calls him the professor later in the movie. My bad.
0: When they're escaping Hoth. My bad. That's Ho with a th, yeah. <laughs> um, from Return of the Jedi. C3PO brings a message to Jabba the Hut. What does R2D2 bring?
1: Uh, he brings the hologram of Luke talking, yeah,
0: yes. And I think it's the official label is a gift.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah,
0: like per the um
1: script, the words, yeah,
0: yeah. That. <laughs> uh okay. Force Awakens. What does ray ask Finn to stop taking? Uh her hand. <laughs> boom 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 boom. boom. Ba, 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 ba. Okay. Next movie. Who was the first order officer in command of the Dreadnought?
1: Uh that was Captain Kennedy.
0: Boom. Alright, and Rise of Skywalker. What is the last thing that Han Solo says to his son?
1: Um... It has been a really long time since I watched that movie.
0: This is a good one. This is going to be a Shmodan question, I know it.
1: Is it I know? It is. Okay, gotcha.
0: Yes. Okay, and now we're on to the
1: others...
0: Ooh. Oh, am I asking Rogue- you?
1: Know? Oh no, there's there's uh, more. Okay, No, I've gotcha. got three more. Okay,
0: Rogue One. What general is being called for on the intercom at the Yavin base? Oh,
1: General Syndulla! Come on.
0: Um, no, the answer is motherfucking General Syndulla. Yeah,
1: that's right. I remember that in the script. Good times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hundred yep. percent. They got their like one PG thirteen f bomb in, so there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solo, what ship does Han claim to own while playing sabacc with Lando?
1: A VCX one hundred.
0: Yes, and Clone Wars movie. Oh boy. Oh. What is the name of the admiral that is assigned to aid Obi wan and Anakin? Um, you
1: should know this. We need. He asks for admiral words. For his starships but it's actually admiral Yularen that goes yes yeah
0: wolf Yularen. okay yeah boom okay now i get questions and i'm not gonna get all of mine right
1: no it's gonna be good i'm excited i have faith in you question one <sighs> what does obi-wan take care of while they're escaping naboo with the queen in the phantom menace <laughs> what does he take care of what does Obi-Wan take care of while they're escaping Naboo with the Queen? Oh, my God. Did you hear that? Somebody's dumping a bunch of beer bottles in a trash can right outside. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was like, where's that jingle? Yeah, that's outside. What does he take care of? Communication? I don't know.
1: Esta- escaping Naboo. With- I don't know if I know this either. Um, And I just watched that movie. Freeing the pilots. That's right.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. I remember. Okay. In Attack of the Clones, what does Obi-Wan do to the Slave One after his fight with Django on Kamino?
0: What does he do to it? Oh, he puts like a tracking beaker on,
1: Correct. Beaker on it. Correct. Correct. Yes. Well done. I was like, he hits it. I mean. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, how many of General Grievous' hands does Obi-Wan Kenobi cut off in their duel on Utapal? Four just two okay and a new hope where does Luke first propose taking Obi-Wan after learning about the mission to Alderaan
0: where does he first propose taking Obi-Wan after the mission to Alderaan yeah I have no idea he's
1: like I can take you as far as where no idea anchorhead
0: yeah. Uh-huh.
1: episode five what platform does the falcon land on at best three two seven correct who volunteers to lead the fighter attack on the death star 2 in R- revenge of the sith return of the jedi i'm sorry who volunteers to lead it lando correct general lando excuse you uh episode seven the force awakens the bad. what is the last thing ray hears in her force vision
0: these are your first steps.
1: Correct. Nicely done. Episode 8, the last Jedi, how many resistance me- yeah. How many resistance members are left after Holdo takes command of the Radus?
0: It's something really shitty like 13 or 23.
1: Uh, I think that's when they get to Crate. Oh. I don't know.
0: 20, 20 I'm going to say 26.
1: She says 400 of us on three ships.
0: Oh, I was thinking after she took command, like.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: actually took. Okay.
1: Episode yes, 9, so. The Rise of Skywalker. What ship is Zori Bliss and Babu Frick seen flying? A Wing. Try again.
0: No, it's not an A Wing. Y Wing? It's a Y Wing okay
1: that was the lego figure she came with a Y wing for the the lego packaging that like leaked at one point people were like this is spoiler and i'm like no it's not uh rogue (laughs) one which rebel squadron was sent to aid the troops on the surface of scarif blue yeah that was a shmina question question, i think this year uh Mm -hmm. what famous bounty hunter is beckett noted for killing
0: oh shit i know this oh my god
1: come on you know it
0: uh aura sang correct yep
1: ooh i don't know if you're going to know this last one all right the clone not... wars what is the name of obi-wan's clone battalion that are seen fighting at christophsis i'm looking for a number
0: 156 i only watched this movie once
1: 212
0: okay that was close i mean numbers wise it was under 100 mhm mhm <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yay. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for not letting me fail too hard. <laughs>
1: <Ding>. <laughs> no, those are great. Those are like, those are fucking like excellent questions. Um, so since I'm sort of in the, in the midst of preparing for trivia, we're going to do a little bit more trivia stuff, but first we're going to read the email that came along with Sylvia's trivia. And that is as follows. Subject line. Trivia from the most loved Star Wars movie. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Hey, Alice and Laura, hope you had an awesome week. Holy shit, was the Mando season finale awesome. They managed to get me to cheer for a character whom I once considered the whiniest boy in the galaxy. They even made me cry at the end. Oh, girl, same. It reminded me a lot of the Clone Wars season five finale where Ahsoka leaves with with the different end theme, which is just a sadder version of the main theme. The emotions of seeing one beloved character saying goodbye to another and then that moment of final understanding between the two. Oh, my God. My heart is broken. Uh, But the Darksaber seems to interest me the most now. It kind of reminds me of the Elder Wand in Harry Potter. Win it in battle and you're the most powerful Mandalorian, but you also have the biggest target on your back. So does that make the only way to break the cycle of killing that it brings with itself destroying it? Oh, fuck. I didn't even think about that. If so, who is the best character story-wise to destroy it? Anyways, congrats on number one... Congrats on the number one contender shot in the schmodown, Laura. The circle will be complete when, and not if, you win the title in the very league that introduced me to this show. To help you on your journey, here's some Clone Wars movie trivia. I hope you like it. Yours forever toasty, Sylvia. Yay! Okay, I did not ever, th- like, I've seen the sort of theory that, like, the Elder Wand is sort of similar to the Darksaber. I did not ever think consider for a second that someone would destroy it
0: yeah i didn't think about it either and i love relating everything to harry potter i watched some harry potter on tv yesterday because it's christmas time movies
1: fuck yeah i love i i always think of the harry potter movies as christmas movies like the first two especially (laughs) and halloween (laughs) yeah um i love the idea that it might get destroyed i fucking like i i really like that idea actually i'm kind of down with that i don't know who would do it though i guess maybe din that could be, like, his next story arc, since we don't really know what his next story oh. arc is going to be.
0: Or they could just throw down our airlock, or I could see, like, Grief Karga stealing it or something. Yeah.
1: But if somebody destroys it, or if Din destroys it, then he'll just, like, look at Bocatan and be like, Look, the ruler of Mandalore is not determined by the Darksaber. The rule of Mandalore is determined by the friends we made along the way. So that's that's <laughs> where I think it's <laughs> i think that's excellent Laura.
0: why are you not living in la right now writing scripts why
1: am i not working with Dave filoni to write this script right now i just i just hand you a free story fuckers
0: (sighs) everyone's crazy jesus (laughs) christ lost their damn minds
1: i love the idea of breaking the cycle of killing it's going to be fucking wild. I hope that happens. I hope that's actually what they do. I, although I do wonder, like, have we had enough time with the Darksaber? Have we established enough of the lore with the sort of general audience that hasn't watched the Clone Wars? Like, do they get it yet enough to the point where we can destroy the Darksaber? Like, I feel like we need, we need a little more time with it first.
0: What if the baby somehow, it cracks in half and the baby somehow gets the crystal and makes... The Bebe lightsaber out of the dark saber crystal.
1: Dude, I just got chills. I'm not kidding. Like you're gonna think <sighs> I I'm being be sarcastic. A too, yeah? You should think that I, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not. That's a fucking dope ass idea. Because the yes. baby is a Mandalorian. He is a clan of two. He's the foundling. He's a Mandalorian. Yes. He can. He's gonna be the ruler of Mandalore, and he's gonna destroy the dark oh. saber. Yay! I actually really fucking like that.
0: All right. So Sylvia sent us. 10 questions and we're just gonna do five today and we'll save the other five for next time yay yay all right and they're all for laura okay laura are you ready i
1: am absolutely ready
0: hindo percent yes are you sure
1: maybe yes i'm ready
0: can you handle it i can handle it okay then i think i'll then i think it's okay for me to ask. proceed you. all right number one <laughs> how many characters is the opening narration mentioned by name
1: Hmm. Shot in the dark. Let's go three.
0: Two. Um, Count Dooku and Jabba the Hutt. Got
1: it. Okay. That's fair. That was a good one. Yeah. That's
0: a good one. Oh. Oh, I think you can answer this one. Okay. Number two. From which admiral does Mace Windu ask for three cruisers? Oh,
1: I already said admiral words.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Perfect. Number three. What type of droid shoots down Anakin and Ahsoka over Tatooine?
1: um are they like security droids
0: ig 100 magna guards
1: magna guards okay got it yeah that's Mm -hmm. a good question well done Mm -hmm. that's a good one yeah
0: all right number four which detachment of the 501st helps in rada's rescue company is one of the
1: words I don't know this one.
0: Torrent Company.
1: Yeah, I never would have known that. Interesting. Alright, I should write that one down. That's tricky, yes.
0: Okay, and the last one. The main conflict of the movie centers around control of blank, which both Republic and the Confederacy of Independent Systems want.
1: Uh, it's control of the hyperspace lanes in the outer, outer Rim.
0: Yeah, hyperspace lanes and hut space cool yes cool cool Cool. yay nice
1: job yeah those are good those are good questions i need to circle back to i'm like working on prequel stuff right now but i haven't mm-hmm. rewatched watched the Wars movie in a very long time
0: <laughs> oh wow i should okay. watch
1: it between now and the next time we record and then hopefully i'll get whatever the next sec- the next set of five yeah. are okay perfect yeah
0: sounds good so we'll finish those off next episode in triv's time And, um, yeah, I guess what to expect next.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Sylvia. And thank you, Andy, for emails and for trivia this week. We got a couple of other emails um, and we got a couple other like trivia things from other people. We're going to we're going to hold on to them and and do them next episode. So sit tight. And thank you very much for sending stuff. So our next episode comes out on January 12th, which seems very far away, but I guess it's not. That's crazy.
0: Right? Yeah. (laughs) it's so weird i'm like middle of january what the fuck i know
1: that's nuts um and then the high republic the light of the jedi and the test of courage will have come out by that time however they'll only have been out for a week or so so we'll talk about them but maybe not in a spoiler context yet question mark
0: uh we'll see whatever i feel like saying yeah. I'm, within reason. Because I'm
1: like, I need to, I would like to read Light of the Jedi at least. Um, and I'll have to do the audiobook when it comes out that day. I uh, don't know what we'll have on news at that time. Hopefully we'll, like, have an idea of Bad Batch. Like, it would be really nice to get a fucking date for that. So we have something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to go, like, balls to the walls on High Republic all next month.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll let it's... them have the spotlight for a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's Light of the Jedi, Test of Courage, there's a comic, I, there's like two different higher public comics, I don't know, I was looking on the com website from our Friends at the Living Force. Well, I think that like
1: Daniel Jose Older, I think, is writing the like comics for kids. Is it like the Star Wars Adventures or something? Yes. Okay.
0: Star Wars Adventures number one is February first, but the actual High Republic like grown-up comics is out January
1: 6th. And that's Kevin Scott, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I like him. Um all right, cool. And then yeah, um, I'll be in touch with people about trivia, people who have reached out about helping me study. Um, And prepare for the match. I want to do a couple people at a time, like, Zoom calls to do trivia. You guys can, like, quiz me and stuff. So I will be in touch about getting this scheduled soon. Yay.
0: Hurrah. All right. Toast two. Do you have anything, Laura?
1: Um, I wanted to ask you this, actually. Have you ever watched The Great British Baking Show? I tried. That's, so that's strange to me because I know that you're really into baking and like decorating cakes and shit. I, I just, I like cake
0: decorating because it was a childhood dream of mine to be a cake decorator and gift wrapper. I'm not good at either and I just I couldn't get into it like I don't get into the Food Network cooking shows and everyone was just so nice I was like where's all the bitchiness you
1: know that's so funny okay so I really like the Great British Baking Show I I find it really fucking delightful and actually the fact that there's not like a a very competitive element and that everyone's really nice is weirdly appealing to me but I um they did a couple of like holiday special episodes where they brought back like past competitors and things like that to just do these little sort of quickie episodes. But one of the uh, special episodes that they did, they brought in the cast of the show Dairy Girls, which is a show on Netflix that I fucking love. Um, It's really super funny. It's a sort of coming of age centered around a group of teenagers growing up in Northern Ireland in the nineties. The fucking accents are goddamn delightful. The show is so funny and so well written. Um, but they basically brought that whole ca- not the whole cast, but they brought like five of the main characters on to compete on the Great British Bake Off. So it was like my fucking two, like two of my favorite things combining, like my worlds colliding and it was just the most delightful thing. So that's on Netflix. Dairy Girls is on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, it's a really good show if you're looking for a new oh. show to watch. And then Great British Bake Off, if that's your jam, definitely check out the holiday episodes because Dairy Girls on that show was superb. So funny. So good
0: oh that's great Dairy Girls has been in my queue but I've heard mixed reviews about it
1: oh that's surprising I really like it it's one of those where like I always have I always have this thing where I've like will fall asleep when we're binging Netflix shows I'll like nap on the couch for an episode so I definitely missed a few things but it's a I really like it it's a fucking good show definitely recommend
0: oh I started rewatching Peaky Blinders oh
1: yeah I've heard good things about that show is that Anna Joy Taylor whatever the fuck her name is in that show
0: She's in the last, the most recent season. Okay. But Kellyanne Murphy and Helen McCrory, Draco Malfoy's mom.
1: McCrory, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's in it. And Kellyanne Murphy is amazing in it. And uh the guy from the dad from Jurassic Park Sam Neal in the first two seasons. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is really, really good because it's like Wait. I love that era, like World War One, post World War One era, because I don't think it's talked about much or eh, there's not as much stuff about it i guess it's it's just it's about a little like like neighborhood gang and uh it's i I can't i can't even describe it it's the way they do the music to it it's kind of like current or recent songs that they try to give a weird twist to so it has this like anachronistic feel but it's still very it's very clever and lots of twists and turns keeps you on the edge of your seat and the acting is so good
1: I can't tell 11. where you land on period pieces. Is it like hit or miss for you or are you generally a fan? Generally a fan. Okay. Have you seen the preview for this show Bridgerton on Netflix? I have notification turned on to yes. Because it's out now. I think it finally came out like maybe today yeah. or yesterday. And I yeah. want—I would like to watch it because it looks good. I wondered if that would be something that would interest you. It looks a little pride and prejudice but there are actually people of color in it, which is nice
0: yeah yeah it's in my list of 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 things to watch toast to 2021 being better than 2019 and 2020 combined yay for vaccines yep um get vaccinated when it's your turn in line yep i'll say that anywho we're out for 2020 thank you for listening hope you've enjoyed thanks for sticking with us and stuff And if you like what you hear, share the news, give us that five-star thingamadoodle on Apple Podcasts.
1: Yeah, if you've listened to our show this year, thank you so much for making 2020 better than it otherwise could have been for us. We appreciate you. Come find us on Twitter if you want to hang out. We're also on Instagram at Force Toast Pod. You can email the show if you want to get in on trivia studying or if you want to send us trivia or an email. Email us at forcetoastpod at gmail.com. You can find a list of all of the places that you can find our show, including Apple Podcasts, I Heart Radio, Radio Public, Stitcher. Find a full list at our website. That's www.forcedoastpod.com. Oh, yeah. But it's like seven minage minage. It's minage. it's seven minage.
0: Yesterday was the bully stick, which dogs love bully sticks. You know, that's like bull penis.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I know, right? They eat dicks.
1: Ew. Uh, dogs are gross.
0: Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, it's so tiny because it's been dried. And you're like, wouldn't you think a bull dick would be huge? But it's like.
1: Yeah. You would think so.
0: I don't know about cow sex. So.
1: Well, between now and then, make sure you educate yourself on. What h- a hydrated cow dick looks like. I don't know if I want to Google this or not. No, you don't. <coughs> <coughs> Coughing into my pork's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, my. here's my favorite. The ballet they were going to do was Cinderella. But then a man came in. He's like, no, I'm going to do my own choreography. My name is Ramon. Ramon. Do my own choreography.
1: Oh, Ramon, that's the name of the oh, guy.
0: Ramon. Oh, 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 baby. Oh, oh, baby. oh, Ramon. Um, oh Ramon.
1: Oh, I'm um, glad we're on the same page. He's like,
0: he's like, we're gonna do my own ballet, an original based off Jack the Ripper. What? The- <laughs> it's gonna be called Ripper. What the fuck?
1: Oh my god!
0: Girl says, I'm hoping to score some champers. Do 16-year-olds actually say that?
1: I don't even know what the fuck that means.
0: Like, get champagne at a party?
1: Oh, my God. Champers. Oh, my God. Kids are so stupid. Is that what they say? (laughs) Ew. Don't like...